morning. Good morning. All right. All right, you have your Bibles. Turn to Acts chapter 28. Acts chapter 28. And we're going to be looking at verses 11 to 32. And this Sunday, this study we're about to jump into will be our last in our series in the book of Acts. And so it's been uh, 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 quite a journey through the book of Acts. At the beginning of 2020, um, the leaders of this church, we were confident God was calling us to um, take a plunge <laughs> into the book of Acts. And so we started to study Acts beginning of the year and it was good. It was really good. And then some craziness started to happen. First to my family, my family and I, you know, if you're new here, I'm not from America. Um, I'm from the UK and we got into some nasty, horrible, devastating visa issues. And what that meant was my family and I had to pack up quickly um, and leave America. And so you can imagine we've got three American kids there in the school system. We are part of a church family. I am leading a church and so we had to just leave quickly. Um, that was hard. It was one of the, well, my worst ever Sunday service, right, was the Sunday where, not just when we announced, but the Sunday, our last Sunday here, where we knew that we were going to board a plane to back to the UK um, the next day. It was intense. Um, and so we get to the UK. Um, no, so when that happened, we said, okay, the plan is we are still going to study and get through the book of Acts. And what we're going to do is schedule a bunch of life, life speak, um, no, um, a bunch of guest preachers. And also, I'm going to be doing some video from London, and they're going to be playing it on a Sunday. We weren't sure, but we had scheduled a bunch of guest speakers to fill the spot. And so my family and I get to England. It was February 1st, we landed, it was my birthday, worst birthday ever, <laughs> hated every moment of it, oh, it's horrible, family were happy to see us, the grandkids are back, I'm like, yeah, good for you, <laughs> <laughs> and and then we, it took us about a month to settle, and settling in England meant getting the kids back, finding a school for the kids, which was a crazy experience because the schools in England are so different to the schools in San Diego. You know, they have to wear uniforms over there. Yeah. Here, just wear shorts and t-shirts and flip-flops or whatever to school. And so all, just working all of these out, settling at the same time in regular conversation with Dan and the rest of the leadership, trying to figure out how, how Sundays are going to be working. And um, then near the end of March, the whole world goes into lockdown. And we're like, what is going on? But the interesting thing about all of this is every church started gathering online for their Sunday services. And so I did the math. It wasn't hard. And I said, okay, we're eight hours ahead. That means I can continue to still serve um, as leader 
of King's Cross Church by preaching every Sunday because we started meeting on Zoom and it's crazy. And so um, from the end of March, just continued with Acts and I was able to continue to preach through Acts and then we arrived back in October and then continued um, to walk through Acts with the church. And I say that to say this, that deciding to study Acts at the beginning of 2020 was definitely a God-ordained study for our church. We never knew when we decided Acts anything like this was going to happen. We just never knew. But throughout COVID, um, this morning, early in the morning, I was going through all of my sermons that I preached um, in Acts, and I realized that a lot of you know, Acts is about being witnesses of Jesus and being on mission despite opposition and all the challenges and living for Christ and all of that. We've been covering all of these themes regularly. And I realized, you realize that a lot of the applications were all about COVID and reminding us over and over again that even though we are all stuck at home doesn't mean the mission stops. And one thing we realized above all is that God's mission, that is God's mission for everyone everywhere um, to know, love, and live for Jesus is unstoppable. Nothing can stop it. COVID cannot stop it. Nothing can stop it. Throughout COVID, as we dive deeper and deeper into Acts, we were reminded of that truth, and it could not have come at a better time. And now we've come to the end. Um, and it's been, what, two plus years, uh, no, one, one and a half years of us going through Acts, and it's been quite a journey. It's been encouraging in so many ways, but I think for me especially, it's been really challenging. Um, just a reminder of, like, who am I living for? Um, I'm living for Jesus. Do I value Jesus? Am I, is Jesus my everything? And if Jesus is my everything, how I live for Jesus should, 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 should look different. It should look different in so many ways. So what we're going to do this week is I'm gonna, um, uh, we're going to read the passage. I'm going to do a brief teaching. And we've wanted to do this from the very start. And we do this with most of our um, studies we do is that I'm going to invite several members of our church who are going to share their reflections on Acts. What they're going to do is share how God has used Acts, um, the book of Acts, in their life. Um, And they're all going to get like five minutes each to just share with you guys. And I think um, it's helpful because you guys are going to get different perspectives on how God has been using Acts in the life of our church. And that will be helpful for you because you're probably going to hear someone's perspective and say, oh, wow, that, that, that's what God was teaching me. That's what God's been inspiring me to do as a result of going through Acts. And so that's going to be the plan. Let's read Acts 28 verses 11 to 32, and then I'm just going to do a brief teaching and I'm going to call the gang up. Yeah, how does that sound? Brilliant. 
I need your affirmation. <laughs> After three months, we put out to sea in a ship that had wintered in the island. It was an Alexandrian ship with the figurehead of the twin gods, Castor and Pollux. And so last week, if you were here, um, Paul and uh, shipwreck survivors ended up on the island of Malta. And they spent three months there, and God worked powerfully through Paul. He was bitten by a snake, but survived it. And as a result of that, the, you know, the, the, the people of the island, they just thought he was awesome. And God used him mightily, and he healed people. And so this is what happened three months after being on the island. Yeah, Verse 12. We put in at Syracuse and stayed there three days. <laughs> From there, we set sail and arrived at Regium. The next day, the south wind came up, and on the following day, we reached Patioli. There, we found some brothers and sisters who invited us to spend a week with them, and so we came to Rome. The brothers and sisters there had heard that we were coming, and they traveled as far as the Forum of Appius and the Three Taverns to meet us. At the sight of these people, Paul thanked God and was encouraged. When we got to Rome, Paul was allowed to live by himself with a soldier to guard him. Three days later, he called together the local Jewish leaders. When they had assembled, Paul said to them, My brothers, although I have done nothing against our people or against the customs of our ancestors, I was arrested in Jerusalem and handed over to the Romans. They examined me and wanted me released, wanted to release me because I was not guilty of any crime deserving death. The Jews objected, so I was compelled to make an appeal to Caesar. I certainly did not intend to bring any charge against my people. For this reason, I asked to, I have asked to see you and talk with you. It is because of the hope of Israel that I'm bound with this chain. They replied, we have not received any letters from Judea concerning you, and none of your people who have come from there has reported or said anything bad about you. But we want to hear what your views are, for we know that people everywhere are talking against this sect. They arranged to meet Paul on a certain day and came in even larger numbers to, place, to the place where he was staying. He witnessed to them from morning till evening, explaining about the kingdom of God and from the law of Moses and from the prophets, he tried to persuade them about Jesus. Some were convinced by what he said, but others would not, listen, would not believe. They disagreed among themselves and began to leave after Paul had made this final statement. The Holy Spirit spoke the truth to your ancestors when he said through Isaiah the prophet, go to this people and say, you will be ever hearing but never understanding, you will be ever seeing but never perceiving, for this people's heart has become callous. They hardly hear with their ears and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. Therefore, I want you to know that God's salvation has been sent to the Gentiles, and they will listen. 
That was verse 28. We're going to jump to verse 30. Why is that? Most of your Bible translations don't have verse 29. Okay? If you've got a New King James, an NASB, kind of some of those translations, you'll see verse 29. But if you're using the NIV, I believe, or the ESV, or some of the other, you're like, where's verse 29? Where is it? It's not there. And the reason why it's not there, it's because um, a lot of the original transcripts and manuscripts um, did not contain 29. 29 was later added. And so some Bible translations, um, some are like, yeah, it's God's word. We're going to have it in there. And some are like, no, because it was added a little later, we don't think it should be in there. I just wanted to give you those, that information in case you noticed all right, all right, verse 28. Therefore, I want you to know that God's salvation has been sent to the Gentiles and they will listen. Verse 30. For two whole years, Paul stayed there in his own rented house and welcomed all who came to see him. He proclaimed the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. All right, let's pray and let's dive in quickly. God, thank you so much for this time. Thank you for the many ways, the many ways you have spoke to us and inspired us and encouraged us through Acts. As we conclude Acts, we know for sure that the end of Acts doesn't mean the end of mission. Um, the mission continues because your spirit is at work in and through our church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. There's so much in here, and I'm just going to pick out and highlight several things. I think the first thing that I notice here is the need for community. If you look at verse 14 and 15, um, it talks about um, Paul on his way to Rome arrived at Puteoli, and there, it says in verse 14, he found some brothers and sisters who invited him to spend a week with them. This is not the first time this has happened. Paul, as a missionary, has been touring the Mediterranean for years. And in most instances, whenever he arrived in a new city, what would happen? He would find some Jesus followers there, and they would be super hospitable. And this is what's happening here. And so um, they get to Rome, and what happens? happens in verse 15. It says, the brothers and sisters there heard that he was there, and they traveled from several neighborhoods. And then when Paul saw them, he thanked God and was encouraged. That's incredible, isn't it? This is the apostle Paul. This is the guy God has used to plant so many churches and encourage so many people, but yet he arrives in Rome after a crazy journey there, and then as soon as he gets there, followers of Jesus come and see him, and he is encouraged by them. Again, this reminds me of the need for community. One of the most, one of the things we go on and on about as a church is the need for every follower of Jesus to be plugged in, right? Not just attending on a Sunday, not just showing up when it's convenient, but being plugged in means being regularly present with 
other followers of Jesus, we provide structures like our Sunday gatherings and our community groups. But we want you guys to really commit to being a part of a church family, no matter where you are. You need it. This whole talk of, oh, it's just me and Jesus, right? No, it's you, Jesus, and other Christians. That's what it's meant to be about. Okay, and so the need for community. The other thing I want to point out is that Paul was obsessed with the fame of Jesus. Okay, think about this. Think about this. Paul's like journey to Rome, and we've been looking at it, it has been far from smooth sailing. He's experienced intense persecution. Um, he was forced to go through multiple court cases. Um, he was caught in a violent storm, shipwrecked, ended up on an island, got bitten by a snake. Of course, he survived all of that, but he's been through a lot. And the reason why he's, the reason why trouble has followed him everywhere he goes is because of his commitment to preaching the gospel. It's because of his commitment um, to telling everyone everywhere about Jesus. And so he gets to Rome, okay, and I'm thinking to myself, if I was Paul, I would want some R&R. I would want some chill time. I want to take a long week off. Okay, and that's totally fine. If he decided to do that, all good. But I'm thinking he needs a break. But what does he do as soon as he gets to Rome? Okay, we saw it, right? We saw it. Look at verse 17. Three days after getting to Rome, he decides to invite the local Jewish leaders over to where he's been held custody, where he's in custody. And he invites them there to do what? To have a, you know, a lovely dinner and wine with them? No, he invites them there in order to communicate the gospel to them. And the reason why, and the reason why through the highs and lows of mission work, Paul was inspired to keep sharing the gospel is because he had an obsession with the fame of Jesus. In other words, Paul had a burning desire for everyone everywhere to know, love, and live for Jesus. And so the question that has been coming up over and over again throughout our study in Acts has been this. What do you most value? What's your obsession? We are all drawn to things, okay? There's so many things in our life that we're obsessed with that are incredibly appealing to us. But the big question is, okay, if we are obsessed with those things, that's totally fine, it's just stuff that we like, those things, when it comes to our obsession and our, um, um, and our love for them, should pale in comparison to our obsession and love for Jesus and his fame. And the big question to follow that up is, how do we become obsessed with the fame of Jesus? Um, 
And it basically comes by often reflecting on who Jesus is and what he's done. Um, This author, William Smith, helps us here. This is what he says. He says, spend some time remembering how badly lost you were. Think back to the time before you knew Jesus and how kind he was in searching you out. Think back to your lostness this morning, um, this morning when you criticized your spouse, picked a fight with your roommate or swore at another driver. Then consider how good Jesus is to keep searching for you, knowing he will find you. When you meditate on the two realities of being lost and having a savior who doesn't quit until he finds you, you can't help but experience joy. How do we become obsessed with Jesus? How do we value Jesus by over and over again, daily reflecting on who he is, not just what he's done for us, but what he continues to do for us. The next thing I want to quickly point out is that Jesus continues. Okay, the last chapter of Acts Okay, the last verse, verse 30, basically tells us that Paul welcomed everyone and preached the gospel. And that was it. We don't know what else happened to him. We don't know whether he, you know, he got moved around. We don't know whether he went trial. I know other books, letters that he wrote to some of the churches has that information. But the book of Acts kind of ends... Um, uh, kind of leaves the story open. Tim Mackey from the Bible Project has this to say. He says, Luke, who's the author, has left the story open-ended on purpose so that his readers will know that the story isn't over and they can participate in Jesus' kingdom that is still spreading to this day. The unstoppable mission of God for everyone everywhere to love and live for Jesus doesn't end with Paul in Rome, but it continues through every Jesus follower in every generation, and that includes you and I. The first verse in the book of Acts reads this. It says, In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach. You remember that, right? Yeah, Acts chapter 1, verse 1. Okay, that's what it said, if you remember it. Um, when Jesus was on earth, he displayed his power for all to see. He did, right? He healed the sick, made the blind see, made the deaf hear. He done a crazy amount of miracles, exercised unlimited power and authority over nature. And these are some of the things Jesus did while he was on earth. And so the question is, if Jesus is no longer physically here on earth, does that mean he's no longer at work? One of the things that makes Jesus stand out in the most significant figure in world history is that even after his death, he continues to live and work actively in the world we live in. As the very first, of, um, first verse of Acts says, everything Jesus did while on earth was only the beginning. 
And so the book of Acts is a historical account of Jesus' continued work, not through his physical presence, but through his spirit in the church. And his work, that work we've just been studying, continues to this day. It hasn't ended. Um, Author Trevon Wax says this. This is awesome. He says, he is as much, that is Jesus, is as much at work through you in your city now as he was then in the streets of Jerusalem. The book of Acts ends with Paul in Rome under house arrest, sharing the gospel. And the message of Acts, the unstoppable mission of God for everyone everywhere to love and live for Jesus continues through us. King's Cross Church. As we seek to be a church family on mission with Jesus in San Diego, may we never forget that we're called by God. We are equipped by the Spirit and motivated by the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus is at work and his mission for everyone, everywhere, to know, love, and live for him actually continues in and through our church. Let's pray. God, thank you. You are here with us every Sunday morning when we gather together. You are also with us on Monday mornings when we clocking to work. You are with us in every moment of our lives. Thank you for inviting us into your mission here in this city. And thank you for providing everything we need in order to fulfill your mission here in this city. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. As I said, we're going to have several members of our church come up and they're going to share a bit about how God has used Acts in their lives. And so, to kick off our time, we have the one and only Hayato, everybody. How was that for an introduction? Made it worse? <laughs> All right, I think this one might, this one, yeah. Go. You good? All right. Morning, everybody. I'm opening up something, but I'm not actually, actually going to look at it, so anyhow. Good morning. My name is Hayato, and I have uh, five minutes here, and uh, I will be as brief as possible. Uh, in being asked to share, what did you learn in Acts? There's been a lot of stories, a lot of uh, beatings and stonings and bleeding and <laughs> crying, and, you know, uh, I thought, I don't actually know how to crystallize this thing. And uh, uh, quite honestly, I wanted to force it into a cute one, two, three story, make it palatable for all of you, respect your intellect and time. But if we're here to just share, I might as well share. 
And then I was praying about it, thinking to myself, like, well, what should I say? What should I do? And I realized the best way to share with you what I've been learning through this process is just simply to let you in on my head. And the best way to do that is just pray. And then you can pretend to be in my head and you can hear me as I digest this. Okay? I'll keep it kosher as possible, but it's very real. So I will start with a prayer, and then you'll know I ended because I said, in Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> then I'll walk off the stage, okay? That's how it goes, right? So, Father God, as I was thinking about Acts, obviously wanting to share with my church family, you know, how I've been processing, what I've been learning, um, Obed and the family has just been doing an amazing job of being an example for us, uh, crystallizing the points, and allowing us to learn week after week faithfully as to what you've marked down in the word here. Uh, but let's be honest, you know, I, I haven't been beaten lately for my faith. Uh, I haven't come close to being presented to a court for my faith. Uh, I haven't uh, uh, been rounded up by a mob uh, and then stoned and then thought to be dead. I haven't even come close to that. Um, the worst that maybe I have is that some, you know, relatives think that I'm crazy because I'm a Christian, but again, like, it's not like they came and physically harmed me. Um, I don't really have a clear set of points to deliver to my family, but yet I still want to let them in on the process of what it looks like for me and my family here. And so as I went through the, the, uh, the Bible here, through Acts, and then even just read the headings thinking like, what big, what big story could I talk about and apply that to my life and kind of give the points around how it applied to me? I couldn't find any single one that you're pointing out to me, but the one little thing that kept coming back to me in my attention was that little section where Paul's in an Ephesus, and uh, he's had some remarkable stories already, but it's this very short section at the uh, beginning of chapter, I think, 19, where basically, not even exaggerating the brevity of the story, goes something like this. Hey, they're preaching the word in the synagogue, but man, people listen, but there were a lot of people who didn't believe, and then they started complaining about it. So then they withdrew, and in a different uh, area of Ephesus, they went on and just kept preaching for another two years. End of story. Next point. And as brief as that is, it reminded me about maybe is it possible that I myself am at risk of possibly calling the last two years of my life as kind of this throwaway line in a bigger story, because I'm going to go move on and maybe do bigger things or fancier things, things that are noteworthy, the kind of stories that you tuck in your pocket to share at the next cocktail party, uh, if I ever was fancy enough to go to one, which I'm not. But anyways, you get the point. Um, and just because the story is brief, just because it seems like a throwaway line in a bigger story, it doesn't mean that it's not impactful. Right. We read in the next line that because of what they did there over those two years, all of Asia, both Jews and Greeks, came to hear about the gospel. Right. And what is it that I've been doing the past two years where the position that I'm in has produced the kind of progress that I can talk about later? And am I at risk of calling the past few years, because it was the pandemic, or because I was learning to build a business, or because we were just at home, or because we were just um, doing this and that, it just becomes kind of a throwaway line in a bigger story. I hope that it won't. I hope that it won't. And so I pray that for my family here too, as maybe families have had difficult times, maybe not. Uh, finances have been hard, maybe not. Uh, maybe your faith has been great, maybe it hasn't. 
Uh, whatever the situation that has been, I hope, I hope my family here with me will continue to see the, the position that you've been put in over the past couple of years here as we've gone through Acts, as we've heard about all these dramatic stories, look back on your own life too as the way that I have and realize that the positions that we're in will be used to deliver or produce a kind of progress that you see fit for us, both for our own faith, but also the faith of others. In my instance, I need to become a better spouse. I need to become a better father. I need to grow as a business owner. I need to become a better brother-in-law. I need to become a better son-in-law, a better son. And in all these things, I realize that the position that I'm in needs to produce a kind of progress. And you have that all sovereignly decided. May I be faithful to seek that and clarify that and respect that whatever you have in store is right for whatever it is that you're going to do in my life and those around me. So I pray these things for myself and everybody else here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hi, everybody. My name's Emily Collard, for those of you who don't know me. Um, It was really cool, and I'm glad that Obed asked us, because I was like, yeah, this is a good time to reflect on Acts and think about what are the things that really stood out to me or I felt that the Lord, um, you know, was really putting on my heart. And it's interesting, you know, Austin and I were not actually present for this sermon um, because we didn't move here until August of last year. But thankfully in our community groups, we took the time to try to catch up with the church, go through Acts, the parts that we missed. Um, And one of those being Acts 9. And instead of trying to summarize it for you, I felt it was just much more appropriate um, just to read from the scripture and kind of get an idea of the story of what's going on with um, Peter. And he's raising a believer from the dead. So if you want, you can pull out your app, um, your Bibles, if you want to read it along. But I'll just go ahead and read. You can listen. Um, Acts 9, 36 through 43. Um, There was a believer in Joppa named Tabitha, which in Greek is Dorcas. She was always doing kind things for others and helping the poor. About this time, she became ill and died. Her body was washed for burial and laid in an upstairs room. But the believers had heard that Peter was nearby at Lydda. So they sent two men to beg him, please come as soon as possible. So Peter returned with them as soon as, and as soon as he arrived, they took him to the upstairs room. The room was filled with widows who were weeping and showing him the coats and other clothes Dorcas had made for them. But Peter asked them all to leave the room. He knelt and prayed, turning to the body, he said, get up, Tabitha, and she opened her eyes. When she saw Peter, she sat up. He gave her his hand and helped her up. Then he called in the widows and all the believers and he presented her to them alive. Uh, The news spread through the whole town and and many believed in the Lord. And Peter stayed a long time in Joppa, living with Simon, a tanner of hides. So for me, like I, I knew this story when we came into it in Acts reading in our, you know, community groups. And I was like, okay, yes, like the miracle of, you know, someone being raised from the dead. That is so awesome and so cool. Kind of like, okay, I know what's going on here. I kind of know what to expect. Um, and it was so cool in our, you know, community group time to, to see that, you know, God's glory was not only being shown through this miracle, you know, of someone being raised from the dead, but there was so much more there as well that he revealed and you know, this time I think God was really showing me the widows and their actions and how when Peter came into the room, 
they showed the clothes, they showed the coats that, um, you know, Dorcas had made for them. And that's kind of like a detail I feel like in the past I had gone over, like, okay, cool, yeah, she did kind things for people. Um, but really this time around it was that, you know, these widows had a physical, tangible, and concrete evidence of Dorcas's love and kindness and service to them. And it kind of got me thinking, you know, and I'm, I'm not sure if all the widows were believers, you know, like it's not explicitly said there, you know, it's not explicitly said that Dorcas verbally sat with each of these widows and shared the gospel with them. I'm, I'm inclined to think so based off Dorcas being a believer and, and the people she's surrounding herself with, um, you know, but what I can be certain of is that Dorcas was a believer who utilized her unique gifts and talents to love and to serve, you know, God's people. Um, you know, she served these, women in, served these women in a way that could only point back to a beautiful and gracious creator. Um, you know, and it kind of brought me, I'm glad that I got to think of this again because we just recently had the sermon of what it is to have unusual kindness as believers. Um, and in a lot of ways that can look really creative and it may not be sitting down verbally and sharing the gospel with someone. Of course, that is so important and that's a part of our call. Um, so for me, the encouragement that I hope we you know, find in this passage today, and especially as I'm saying this over myself as I'm standing up here with a microphone, is that we may not all be eloquent and renowned speakers you know, of apologetics, of sharing the gospel, and, and that's okay. Um, you know, God is going to use, you know, I can, I can be the first to say it's scary to share the gospel with your neighbor. I feel like the thoughts that run in my head are, am I going to use the right words? Like, am I going to offend them? Like, did this, did I say everything right that I was supposed to? Um, you know, and those fears are valid and we bring them to the Lord and get encouraged and knowing that he's going to equip us, you know, with the words to say in the moment that we need to. Um, but I can also be very certain that the Lord is not only going to use our words, but also our actions and the ways that we show up in people's lives and we love them and we serve them. Um, you know, not all of us may be clothes makers or making coats like Dorcas, but um, I know that each of us in here has a gift and a unique talent that the Lord can use. And, and I know my crowds, like one of the first ones I think of is surfing. You know what I mean? Like people that have the gift of going out on the water, instructing and teaching. And I know that that's something that has been really prevalent in our church of like after Sunday things of people inviting and making people feel welcome of like, it's okay if you don't know what you're doing, but we do like, we'll walk alongside you. Um, you know, maybe it's cooking or making art or music or flying an aircraft, flying a plane. Um, you know, the Lord does not only give us those unique gifts, talents, and interests for like our own benefit and for our own encouragement. And that's kind of what he has been really revealing to me in this time of like, what are my actions doing and how can I use the things that I'm, you know, interested in and gifted in, um, not only for my enjoyment, um, but also for building up God's kingdom. Um, so that's kind of one of the reflections that I got of, um, of Acts and kind of moving forward of, of what it means to, you know, use the things that I'm interested in, talented in, and using it for the kingdom um, and not getting so caught up in the words that I say and getting so worried with how I share the gospel, but knowing that God is also going to use my actions and the, the ways that I love and serve to build up his kingdom. And that's for all of us, too. So thank you, guys. Gabe's coming up. <laughs> Thank you, Emily. Hey, guys, how's it going? For those of you that don't know me, I'm Gabe. I'm excited to be up here. I'm also very nervous because I don't normally get up in front of a bunch of people and talk about 
in the Bible. Um, but this is an awesome opportunity, like I said. So, uh, yeah, so we had a few points here that were given to us. So I'll just walk through those. Um, and there's two, I think that, so there's two things that were very specific for me uh, that I took away and have really been impactful in my life and in my spiritual growth throughout this. So I'll share with you just what God has been doing with this piece of scripture and the sermon that Obed gave. And maybe you can relate. Maybe it's something you haven't heard, but I hope that it's worth the while for you guys. So, um, so one of the questions was, uh, what passage or theme or sermon stood out to you? Um, and part of this sermon that Obed had given is uh, it was experience God to the fullest. Um, and so that we went through part of Acts 18 and also 19. And the piece of scripture that I just want to run through that really was something that was very helpful for me recently was in Acts 19. And I'm just going to read a little bit of, of it um, with you. I won't read the whole thing. But just so context, um, it was when Paul was in Ephesus, and there was this guy named Apollos, and he was teaching, um, but he was teaching about baptism, and people were being baptized in the name of John rather than in the Holy Spirit. Um, So I'll go ahead and read it. It's Acts 19, verses, I believe it's 1 through 10. No, 1 through 10. Yeah. So I'll start at um, verse 1 in Acts 19. And it happened that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passed through the inland country and came to Ephesus. There he found some disciples and said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, No, we haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. (laughs) I can relate. And he said, Into what then were you baptized? They said, Into John's baptism. And Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in the one who was to come after him, that is Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they they began speaking in tongues and prophesying. There were about 12 men in all. So, I'm not going to talk about speaking in tongues and prophesying, but what I am going to talk about is the, the Holy Spirit. And so that was something that um, was interesting for me to explore because I had just never acknowledged the Holy Spirit. I always knew the Trinity, um, and I never thought of what the Holy Spirit actually could be. Uh, so then I'm going to move on to point number two. How has God been using it in your life? So in the sermon, Obed really walked through that the Holy Spirit was a person um, and a person that was inside of us. And I had a question while we were going through Acts and was really wrestling with like, well, what is the line of how do I um, grow spiritually without it being works-based? Like if it's not about what I do and it's about what God does, like how does that work? And it might be complicated, uh, but I'm just going to keep going and hopefully you follow along here. Um, So, yeah, so understanding that there's a Holy Spirit inside of all of us, and when Jesus died, that the Spirit came into us, um, that really made sense to me because rather than looking at my my relationship with the Lord and my growth spiritually as something where um, it was up to me, it it made it, it was really impactful because it, it made me understand that it really is God's work through me um, and in me. And 
it took a lot of pressure off, and it, it also just taught me a lot about God and how much He really does love us. Because if it's nothing that I do, and this Spirit was gifted, gifted to me by the death of Jesus Christ, then, and it's only God's work, and there's nothing that I'm doing, then that is just such a testament of the God that we serve, that He loves us. Um, so, and then I'll move on. So in point three, how have you been applying it to your life? So uh, it's really helped me through prayer. Um, when I pray to God and when I used to ask him to help me, this newfound understanding of the spirit in me, um, I understood how God would work and, and develop and, and change my heart. Um, I used to be a sinner um, and I was saved. I came to faith later than most. Um, and so understanding that and looking back, like, how is that possible? Uh, it made me extremely thankful for the death of Jesus and his sacrifice. Because without that and without the spirit in me, I would still be that same person. So it's helped me in prayer, but it's also made me extremely thankful for what was done on the cross. Um, yeah, that, that's, uh, <laughs> yeah, that, it just hits hard. So it just takes a moment there. Um, but yes, yeah, so that's how I've kind of been applying that in my life. And so then, we looked at another piece of scripture in Acts. Um, it's in Acts 24. Um, and this really hit home for me as well. So it was when Paul was captured, he was in prison, and he was in Caesarea. And he uh, had some interaction with uh, the Roman emperor at the time, named, or governor named Felix. So uh, Felix had Paul in prison and he knew about him, and so he would go to him, and then we'll go through these verses. It starts on t verse 24. So it says, After some days, Felix came with his wife, Dr Drusilla, who was Jewish, and then sent for Paul and heard him speak about the faith in Jesus Christ. That is really important. Heard him speak about the faith in Jesus Christ. And as he reasoned about the righteousness and self-control in the coming judgment, Felix was alarmed and said, Go away for the present. When I get an opportunity, I will summon you. At the same time, he hoped that money would be given to him by Paul. So he sent for him often and conversed with him. When two years had elapsed, Felix was succeeded by uh, Portius Festus. And desiring to do the Jews a favor, Felix left Paul in prison. So that was impactful because Obed's sermon on that uh, it goes on the theme of what do we value? What do we value? Is Jesus the, the most, is Jesus the thing that we value the most? And for me, it was not. And I saw Felix and I have the Holy Spirit at work in me. And this is how I'll try to tie it in together. Um, Felix was someone who came for two years and listened about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I come to church every Sunday. I'm a part of a community um, group every week. I talk to friends, but still, I was just like Felix in that moment when I heard that. Um, there's things that I value and things that I um, hold above. You know, Christ is, at times in my life, I'm not perfect, but um, it made me look at Felix and just think to myself, I am just like this guy. And so my encouragement then is the last thing. Um, Although this may be true, Felix is not perfect. I'm not perfect. We all here are not perfect. 
it's, it has nothing to do with what we do and everything to do with what Jesus has done for us. He has given us a Holy Spirit to work in us in a relationship with the Father. And no matter where you're at, if you are new and you are exploring Christianity, if you are a believer and you have questions and you're wrestling like I am, I'll be honest with you guys, or if you're a seasoned vet, you know, that doesn't change. That does not change. Um, it's God's work through the Holy Spirit that changes our hearts. And that's, that's what I've gotten for you guys. <laughs> hey guys, I'm Sierra. And can we praise the Lord for coffee? I cannot believe that we went like almost an entire year without coffee. And you guys remember like the first week that we had coffee back. So I was sitting in the back and I kid you not during that first week, we clapped three separate times during church because that's the power of coffee. We were just like so excited to be back in the views, caffeinated. And so I was, I was just like cracking up in the back. Um, and so all that to say, I'm on three cups of coffee this morning. So if I talk kind of fast, please forgive me. And Obed, if I start talking really fast, just like tell me to slow down, okay? Okay, so there's kind of three things that I wanted to go over that Obed had asked me to share about. Um, and the first is kind of like what Gabe was talking about. What is some of the passages that stuck out to me? Um, and then I want to talk about how that's been applied to my life and how Jesus has been using that. And then just kind of some general encouragement um, at the end. And so first, kind of the passages that have stuck out to me that I've spent a lot of time dwelling on, one of the ones that has stuck out with me since very early on in Acts um, is how God took the cruelty of the Pharisees um, and those persecuting the Christians and used that for the dissemination of his salvific gospel. And that's always kind of like hit really interesting, and I spent a lot of time this past year thinking about that. And I'm sure God didn't want the Pharisees to be killing Christians or anything like that, um, but we believe in a God who can absolutely use anything for his kingdom. Um, and so I've been really like awe-inspired that not even the bad things are out of his ability to redeem and use. Um, and what that means for me is it kind of means that the bad in all of us doesn't disqualify any one of us. We are never too far gone from, from God being able to use. And that's like really, really, really encouraging to me. Um, because I think if I was trying to set up a, a tradition or a religion, I'd want the perfect people, not the people who are like really broken and messed up. And God takes even the people who want to stop and kill the religion and says, this is how we're going to send it out to the rest of the world. And what a powerful God that we believe in, like a God who really, really, really is all powerful. And so that really hit hard. And then kind of towards the end of Acts, there's another story that I've been sitting with a lot, and it's Paul swimming to the island of Malta. Um, and so I'm pretty sure when God told Paul that he'd be going to Rome, Paul never thought he'd get there by swimming to an island in Malta. Um, and so I'm kind of struck by how even our own conception of God's plans aren't as big and bold as his plans really are. Um, and it kind of makes me wonder, like, who am I to question God when I'm sitting there going like, wait, why is this happening in my life? Why is it working out this way? 
it's probably because God's doing something bigger and bolder and grander than you could even conceive of. And maybe you're in Paul's situation and you need to swim to the island of Malta to reach some unreached people groups, right? Um, and so it's kind of interesting to me that all we have to do is really just like faithfully follow and trust God. And he's got so much more in store and he sees a much bigger picture than any one of us um, can see. And so those have been two stories that I've really sat with over the last year that we've been um, in Acts, or I guess year and a half now. Um, and so how has this affected my life? This is kind of like a weird question to talk about because it almost sounds like you're sitting here going like, hey, here's the cool things that's been like going on, right? And like, I kid you not, it's only by the grace of God that any of this like affects us and changes the world for his, for his kingdom. Um, and so I have felt personally very convicted to be more, to walk in the boldness of Paul, like at work, um, and trying not to be like a closeted Christian at work. But I guess one of the things I felt convicted by is lots of Christians, as other people have talked about, live in countries where they will be jailed or killed if they talk about Jesus Christ. And that's not the position we're in. We live in a country where, like, we won't be persecuted and killed for talking about Jesus Christ. And yet I still sit here afraid to, like, talk about, talk about Jesus. And so God has really put it on my heart to, be, to walk in the boldness of Paul. Um, and so some of the ways that that has come out at work is that I don't hide when someone asks how my week was. I don't try and hide that I went to church. I instead, like, point it out as, like, the highlight of my week and get to talk about, like, the stuff Obed is doing or the church family that we have here. Or I'll try and talk about Bible study when someone's asking, how's your week going? It's like, oh, I went to this amazing Bible study, and here's what we talked about, and here's what I realized the sin in my own heart was. I'm just getting to have that opportunity instead of being, like, afraid to share at work. Um, and by the grace of God, I've had some open conversations about religion with even my coworker who's Sikh. Um, and we've just been sitting in lab late at night talking at the end of lab. Um, and then you remember when Obed was talking about how Paul spoke out against injustice, right? So in kind of a cool way, um, this last week, myself and two coworkers had a very open conversation about abortion in lab. And let me just like kind of like set this scene for you. I work in a very secular lab in this very open space where there's bays and scientists, bays and scientists, bays and scientists, and here's three of us sitting on one bay talking about abortion for everybody else to hear in the lab. And people are giving us some weird looks and stuff like that, but we're just sitting there. And obviously me and my coworkers don't have the same opinions on the issue. Um, and I walked away like kind of like trembling from the conversation because it's stressful. You're sitting there like, I have to go walk past all these coworkers. But I walked just kind of so thankful that God had provided this opportunity to fight such an injustice and in such a public place as like a lab where there's no wall separating me from the rest of the scientists in my lab. Um, and so I guess something to encourage you guys with is if you work in a very spiritually dead job, just think about like how thrilled you would be to find another Christian at your workplace, right? And like you can be that other Christian. You can be the Christian who outs themselves first so your other brothers and sisters in the workplace don't feel the need to hide. Um, just like you would love if somebody like came out at your workplace and uh, came out before you so that you weren't as scared. Um, and I guess as, as kind of like the final encouragement um, that I have is, and I know you've heard this like a thousand times from Obed, I mean from 
other people who have spoken. But the question isn't, am I called to missions? It's what missions am I called to? And note that that doesn't mean, what missions do I want to do? Or what missions do I think I'd be good at? The story of Acts is not a story of God using people who are good at things for his kingdom. It's the story of God taking a traitor named Peter, giving him the Holy Spirit so he can talk in tongues, or taking a murderer and Jesus hater named Paul and blinding him and then using him to be one of the most influential Christians. So it's not, it's not a Bible that's filled with Christians who thought they were good at missions or good at particular types of missions or anything like that. It's filled with brothers and sisters like you and me who said, your kingdom come, your will be done. Not mine, but your will be done. And so church, as Obed said, let's be obsessed with the fame of Jesus and let's ask God humbly what he would have us do. And then let's do just that. Even if it's out of our comfort zone, um, we're called by our king who has redeemed us more than even we ourselves are aware of, and to just walk humbly into his calling. Obed, will you pray for us? Thank you. Wow, so helpful to hear from you guys. Thank you so much for sharing, and I hope, and I know for sure that was helpful and encouraging and challenging for all of you guys. Um, I'm going to pray and then um, we're going to sing some songs. God, thank you so much for the ways you have spoken to us, um, for the many ways you have challenged us, and for the many ways you have encouraged us as we have done our best to walk faithfully through um, your book um, of Acts. God, I pray that the um, the impact would not fade, but the impact the book of Acts has had on us would continue um, to change and shape our lives as we endeavor to be a church family that is on mission with you. God, we are incredibly thank you, thankful that what you've called us to <laughs> You have empowered us to do it through your spirit. So Holy Spirit, may you speak and when you speak and when you lead and when you speak, may you give us ears to hear and when you lead, may you give us a heart that's willing to be obedient to you. Thank you. Jesus' name we pray. Amen.